Are we back? I think we're back. Welcome to Who's On Him. Wow, wow, wow. It has been many a month since I have uh, whipped the podcast machine out. I have opened Zoom, the free Zoom that uh, counts counts us out after 40 minutes. But here I am in front of the podcast machine on said Zoom with Joshua Ryan. JR, hello. How are you? Welcome back. Well, I'm 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 good. Uh, I don't know quite sort of what happened through the last kind of two months, but you <laughs> We kind of just kind of fell off the uh, face of the planet, um, pretty much as our uh, fantasy seasons went differing directions. Two months is uh, is is generous. Well, we, <laughs> I think it was like I have to go back through Spotify, but our last upload may have been like early May or something like that. <laughs> Look, I mean, either way, it's been a long time, but it's good to be back. Do you feel incomplete without the podcast in your life? Do you feel like that you're just missing a part of you, and it's good to be back, and now you feel whole again? It, it yeah I, I would say that's a good description I, I would also say that for the last three to four months of the fantasy season I want to do anything other than talk about fantasy football so <laughs> so are you saying yeah it's a bit 50 50 are you saying that if we were to continue this on next year that it's very dependent on how your season's going and we may need to look for alternate co-host uh, co-hosts well I mean yes but having paid 50 percent of the uh, buy-in for the podcast equipment I would <laughs> When push came to shove, I'd absolutely say no. You're not getting rid of me that easily. I'd actually have to have um, a look. I'd have to have a look at when we stop doing the podcast, but it may coincide with that week that Took Miller went down. <laughs> <laughs> All I can say is the last three months of Better Homes and Gardens has been incredibly <laughs> insightful. So, uh, well, we've missed the pod. We've missed the regular segments. We've got a lot to catch up on today. We were talking, uh, I'm going to say off air for lack of a better term, about how we're going to structure this up, considering we've missed about three months worth of fantasy football. (laughs) So here we go, game by game, every round. (laughs) (laughs) Including round 18 on multiple occasions. Oh, we, we will absolutely have to recap the Cholman medal as well, but we are going to launch into a fan favourite, something that uh, has been missed, has been uh, requested many a time, even uh, outside of the podcast realms, and that is get him off. Fucking get him off. Yeah. Um, get him off. He's coming off. Get, get him back off. off. Get him off. Get him off. Get him off. Rock it. Rock it. We can't hear. I think there are zero shocks uh, coming towards me about what you will be uh, talking about in your get him off segment. And, it has been on your mind since the weekend. It has been on many South Australians' minds uh, since the weekend. So I believe you have something that you would like to get off your chest and here's your moment. Look, I mean, it's fair to, fair to say I've been waiting probably four to five days to uh, <laughs> to launch into uh, this absolute cretin. Um, and really, it may have been the sort of inspiration to get the podcast back just purely so I could... Uh, have a couple of minutes of uh, ranting and raving like Stephen Rowe on Five AA, but uh, to no to uh, no one's surprise, it is the still AFL CEO Gillian McLaughlin, even though he was meant to have left a good year ago. Obviously, everyone's well aware of the uh, crows being robbed, robbed right in front of me on uh, on Saturday night. 
right in I front saw it of with me. my own eyes, right <laughs> in front of me. And, you know, that was bad enough. But for a pretty significant, you know, AFL, you know, complete clusterfuck, frankly, you would have thought that we could have had, you know, maybe a press conference at AFL House, you know, with some, you know, AFL sponsored branding in the background, maybe even get the CEO there and, and you know, future CEO, I don't know, probably wear a suit. You know, it would seem like the occasion for one. Your competition has been completely compromised. Um, no, we got uh, this absolute banana <laughs> strolling into a dog park <laughs> in a... In, a man of the people in his Canadian goose vest. Can I, sorry to interrupt. Can I just ask, was there any sort of understanding as to why he was at the dog park? Was he just like, <laughs> was he like, was he due a press conference, but thought that he had to take, I don't know, Rusty out for a walk or something like that. So no, you guys come here. Very John-like. <laughs> well, I don't know why I just don't do, do the press conference in Golden Grove. <laughs> it was actually at the Golden Grove dog park. <laughs> <laughs> but... Just, just the sight of this man, like, <laughs> looked like he couldn't believe that he actually had to get out there and actually speak about this. <laughs> like, just completely irate that like anyone would dare ruin his Sunday. So he's, he looks like he's just got out of bed, and uh, just incredibly unprofessional. I have a theory on Gillen, and it goes something along the lines of um, he used to be a Crow supporter. That's very well known, and I think uh, since. Since heading into the main role of AFL, he's um, acutely aware that you know any sort of bias will come back and haunt him. So he's gone the complete opposite way and has just decided that at every opportunity he's going to fuck us over so he can prove how unbiased he is, therefore proving how biased he is <laughs> against the crows. Uh, and would you would you actually believe it? Um, it's a similar situation for the goal umpire. I'm, I'm led to believe also a crows fan. Oh, so no. <laughs> it's. It's a real, uh, it's it's the most it's the most gross thing ever. But I thought, you know, just the whole. I mean, the journalists got more of an apology for the barking dogs interrupting the press conference than the football <laughs> club did. That's <laughs> just absolutely wild. At least Gillen's come full circle and has become a true Crows fan and has truly started to hate the team. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think he's also, you know, he's still got. You know, a bit of that football fan left in him by by evidence of the way he threw the poor goal umpire under the bus. Well, I don't know what we could have done about it. He just fucked up. Like the system's fine. The system's fine. Don't look at me. It wasn't my fault. So yeah, he's my uh he's my get him off the way. Obviously a lot's been said and frankly, I don't know if Andrew Dillon's gonna be any better, but uh give me I, I'm team Dillon over Team Gillen, that's for sure. <laughs> I will only add a couple of things to that, and that is, well, actually, probably only one thing. Um, you're far more anti-Gillen than, oh, you and Jono, actually, are far more anti-Gillen than most people I know. In fact, I would say I was borderline pro-Gillen for a while there, but there's been a few things as of late. You showed me a great article yesterday um, that if it wasn't, <laughs> if it wasn't like sort of uh, prefaced by saying, as a Crows fan or whatever it was, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm taking far more seriously. But it sounded like it could have been written by you, like a madman, <laughs> just like really angry over the last decade of some of the decisions being made. But uh, I think there's a few blemishes on his record at the moment. Would you say this whole like score review fiasco that's been coming for 10 years um, was worse than when 
he implemented the Gustapo and started booting <laughs> fans from venues all over Australia for even just like looking what like you might called? be annoyed at an umpiring decision. They, they, had, a, they oh. had a name. They were like, they're like something officers. They were they're, crowd <laughs> safety officers. Was that it? Hang on, hang on. Yeah, I'm going to find this, so we may have to edit this bit out. That's fine. You Google away. <laughs> I, while you're doing that, I'm actually going to give a shout out. Um, Davies has just requested it to the NFL fantasy group. I'm currently in another draft as we speak, <laughs> which is um, quite challenging to, <laughs> to keep up with this podcast and also the draft. Um, but thank you to Jared Ashenden, uh, Dean's brother, who has slowed down the draft by about three hours while we waited for his pick. So that has helped things along. <laughs> I've just found it. Go on. Um, yeah, so uh, the Gilstapo, uh, technically known as AFL Behavioural Awareness Officers that would patrol... <laughs> patrol. <laughs> um, I actually ran into a Behavioural Awareness Officer, um, I think it was 2018 or 2019 when they were when they were doing the rounds. And um, yeah, it was, a, it was someone walking around the hill with a phone and... <laughs> Look, I'm sure they would have been very, very disappointed and aware of my behaviour that night. So, were they just Wesco dressed up in a new outfit? <laughs> I, I think they were. Um, I would have, I would have liked to uh, see them try and control some of the behaviour after the final siren on uh, <laughs> on Saturday night because there well, was uh, there was some there were some things <laughs> being said, being done. One last point on this before we wrap the uh, wrap it up is. Not many people know this, but um, you elected to just call the head and uh, walk home, which isn't too far from your house, uh, Adelaide Oval. And <laughs> you've decided to finish off your night for some reason by <laughs> <laughs> drinking a prime energy drink, which I had to tell you two days later was actually an energy drink. <laughs> that's in like contained caffeine and garana. <laughs> you went, how refreshing is this while you couldn't sleep? Yeah, oh, it was beautiful. I just figured I couldn't sleep till 4 a.m. because I was so outraged. But... <laughs> It, it was clearly the uh, over uh, overabundance of stimulants coursing through my bloodstream. So there's a it's obviously marketed to children, and energy drinks should not be marketed to children. But um, there's a few stories at the moment of like kids popping up, like drinking like three primes in a row, and then having to go to hospital. And I was semi expecting you to do the same. Well, look, luckily, luckily, I had uh, big footy to read until <laughs> until five a.m. in the morning. So. Uh, Why is nobody else commenting? It's four thirty. <laughs> Legit. I was like, surely someone's as angry about this as me. I was no, no. I, I just had, I just had uh, too much prime. My get him off for this week is not as funny or not as humorous, but I'm sure we could take it in many different directions. It's more of a um, a reflection point on, uh, I guess, probably where we are as Crows fans and being okay in the direction that we're going. Because there is one team, and this includes, I'm just going to preface this by saying, this includes West Coast, uh, North Melbourne, even like Gold Coast Basket Case, etc. This is the one team in the AFL I would not want to be associated with at this point onwards because I think they have a very bleak uh, next five to ten years. And my get him off is to the Western Bulldogs because they have <laughs> butchered what I can only describe as a golden generation of players and are going to have to absolutely sell their future to be a bottom-rung team for the next decade, I would say. I have I actually took notes down, and I don't have my piece of paper up there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to try and go off the top of my head here. Let, <laughs> let's start with the, the butchering of uh, general you know, flag contentions. 
So they won the grand final, shockingly, in 2016. Good on them. Well done. Bevo has been living off that for the last almost, what, six, seven years? Uh, AFL-assisted uh, grand final win, <laughs> as uh, as evidenced uh, right through that final series. Some now, of the more incredible umpiring you'll ever see. I have to go back and actually watch that. It, it, like Credit to them in that finals run. I mean, winning four games in a row or on the road um, is quite impressive. But yeah, I'd love to go back and see some of the decisions that were made because I can assume I, they're not great. Can I, can I just pull you up on all on the road? Um, they got they got a little bit little bit lucky. I mean, went to went to West Coast the first week, like great win, well done. Then they played, I mean, I guess, you know, it was still an achievement to knock off Hawthorne, but a home game. Then they had GWS, which was essentially, <laughs> they, they just transported the Witten Oval like up, yeah. <laughs> up the road, whatever the road from Melbourne to Sydney with, is. With and, in. and then they played, and then they played Sydney in the grand final. They got, they got a little bit lucky. So I think Bevo has been dining out off some, uh, you know, a fair degree of fortune for a while. So they had the premiership win in 2016 and they have since then made, you, you're going to be way more across this than me. They've definitely made one grand final, 2021. They only one. Yeah, yeah. They have made that prelim, obviously, and then one other prelim. I don't. I don't yeah, know they if they all, they all blend together. Yeah, I don't know if they have. I, I'd like to query. They, they were bad. They were bad for a few years after the the grand final win. Like they dropped off the face of the earth. So they then have this talent coming through. Your Bailey Smiths of the world. Um, your uh, even like last year, you have um, Sam Darcy, uh, who I'll get to in a second. You have this genuine talent coming through, and the issue is they've spent in the wrong areas. They've brought in Adam Trelaw into a because I'm guessing they got him on the cheap. Great, well done to you. But now they've had to push out and let the the <laughs> likes of Jack McRae and Bailey Smith rot away at half forward, which uh, is probably a little bit of a sore point for me because it's uh, fantasy related as well. But like, <laughs> you, you have genuine talent there that you're going to lose. Like Bailey Smith is gone. Like let's be honest, he is not staying there this year you've then got an aging tom liberatore basically leading your midfield um you've got adam trelaw who can't stay in the park for more than three weeks in a row um you've got no depth in your back line you've had to bring in liam jones to cover so many cracks um josh bruce has gone down your forward line outside of aaron norton is not good if your second like key forward is rory lobb who can't actually <laughs> maintain consistent afl performances You've got a coach. Sorry, I know you got your hand up. I'm on a roll here. You've got a coach. Oh, no, I, I, I was just going to ask you if if you didn't like Rory Lobb and I got the answer. <laughs> no one likes Rory Lobb. Alicia, <laughs> so please continue. Alicia, the Western Bulldogs fan, got really excited when he got traded uh, earlier this year. And I, I just said, just oh, you wait. God. Just you wait. <laughs> uh, and now she hates him as well. You've got a coach who is just like throwing the magnets around week to week. Like there is... You don't know what you're going to get. Caleb Daniel, will he play in midfield? He, he even got forward status this year. I don't know how. Like, he obviously <laughs> spent enough time up there for that to happen. Um, you've got a coach that like the messages clearly aren't being uh, listened to or adhered to at any point anymore. And then, finally, you've got a board who come out this week and said, we're going to conduct a very thorough review, as they all do, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Having uh, been a fan of a football club that's recently gone through a couple... <laughs> internal and external, I can assure you that <laughs> reviews do happen and they're not very effective. But even before the review, <laughs> even before they've actually interviewed anyone, they've gone, but Bevo will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on. Which sort, of which sort of defeats the whole purpose of the review. Like, it's a bit like the one the Crows had where they, they're like, oh, we'll be doing a full, like, top to bottom review. Like, 
and then reviewed only the football department <laughs> and everyone else was don't need to be reviewed. <laughs> so imagine this this uh, sham review is going to be pretty similar. But I think it's pretty apparent that like Bevo, Bevo's the problem. It's like, oh, he's you... the one problem. Like he's just when you when you've been somewhere like too long. Yep. I feel like you just start doing a whole heap of like weird shit. Yep. Like and just it's clear that he's been there like what so 2015 i reckon was his first year yeah i'm just googling that as you speak i want to say i want to say 20 yeah 2015 2015. and i don't know like you're getting up to what this would be year nine Mm -hmm. 15 through 23 yep like that's probably about enough like you want a flag it's any i don't really know any workplace is like you can't stay there for 10 years or at least if you are going to stay there you have to transition between departments or like I don't know, yeah. progress up the ranks. Like, you, you, the, your voice gets stale. Like, look at, I mean, everyone's criticizing Damien Hardwick at the moment for going to Gold Coast. And it was because he was burnt out. And he probably was burnt out. And his voice wasn't being heard anymore. So he actually made mm. a correct call. I This is no longer effective and no longer tenable. I'm going to go. And then maybe he will have some success at Gold Coast. Like, come on. Well, and the good thing is, like, he won't hear all of that criticism because he's got giant wads of cash stuffed in his ears. So he, he, he should be fine. He went on um, uh, a podcast on Dylan Friends about a week after uh, he quit, quit the Tigers. <laughs> and he made a comment on there, and it was something like, um, how good's the Queensland winter sun or something like that. Like, you may as well sign your contract now. Yeah. And you may notice that the uh, Damien... Hardwick press conference was hastily moved from uh, Wednesday to Monday just to uh, get some get some new news in the news cycle. What goal review shambles. Here's Damien Hardwick, Woo! everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how it goes, but uh, I think uh, Rory Atkins um spot <laughs> in the twenty-two may be very, very tenuous. Are you saying Rory Atkins isn't part of the twenty percent? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he is heavily part of the 20% that will be swiftly removed. Just before we wrap up, get him off, I do have to say I'm on Luke Beveridge's Wikipedia page right now, and congratulations to him as in 2002 he was named uh, a member of the AFL Greek <laughs> team of the century. So well done, Luke Beveridge. <laughs> and, uh... Well, I'm quite looking forward to the... Uh... 2023 uh, quadruple AFL Greek team of the century. <laughs> and I'm not sure how many actually qualify. Oh, but anyway, moving on. Anyway, moving on. And that was get him off for the first time in three months. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. Uh, in the ad break there, JR, which we don't have ads, so we'll just call it the break, um, you <laughs> you just alerted me <laughs> to the fact that um, you've uh, you've deleted the app, you've uh, as in the fantasy app, you've um, logged out of the website and you've um, cleared the cache. Um, cache or cache? How do you say it? Cache. Okay, cache. Uh, you've cleared the cache. So when I asked you to get back into the round 20 so we can go through just a quick recap before we head into finals, you said, oh, it's okay. I'll just feed off you. I'm not getting back into it. I've spat the dummy. <laughs> <laughs> which which to be fair that that is less than um uh, the coach of the dvtts <laughs> did following sunday i am reliably informed that every bit of electrical equipment that uh regan owned went out of the window on sunday night so he's currently off grid so he may not hear this <laughs> 
Regan will feature heavily later, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before we do get into just recapping, I guess, the last four weeks of the quadruple AFL season, we do have to touch on the Cholman medal last night. Uh, Well done to James Davies. That was far better than I anticipated. And to be be honest, when the weekly sort of stopped halfway through the year and the votes stopped coming in uh, and Davies sort of said, oh, no, I'm just going to keep it secret for the count at the end, I thought, okay, well, we're never seeing that again. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'd just like to echo those sentiments on a um, job really well done uh, with the Cholman medal, um, but also just like to point out that anyone who thought that Michael Johnson was the king of Microsoft Excel uh, really is going to have to walk that back because fresh off uh, both the pre-draft spreadsheet and then the uh, Cholman medal voting spreadsheet, um, it's clear that James Davies is <laughs> the real king of Excel. <laughs> That was incredible. It was very well like, organized. Color-coded, like, oh, fantastic stuff. Love it. I will say, just before we get into, um, I guess, some uh, constructive feedback for James Davies and a few things um, for, for next year, <laughs> I will say he has quite a nice voice for the, like, the, um, I guess, gill role of uh, <laughs> announcing the votes and going through the recap. It, it did soothe me last night until um, <laughs> I, until I was left in hysterics by round 18. <laughs> you've, I, I, you've got at one point. So I was like periodically looking through the group chat and you, we were talking privately about uh, something else, whatever it was. And then you've sent me a voice message and you're like, the best way I can describe it is you're hyperventilating, but also crying at the same time. <laughs> and go, you have to, you have to check the group chat. <laughs> well, like I would, I would just sort of say that I heard round eighteen. I would say four times, <laughs> and I couldn't tell you what happened just because I was absolutely hysterical. I couldn't tell you who got one vote in round eighteen, and I listened to it for twenty minutes. So. Uh, it was very. But, but the good thing was, whoever was running the count turned James Davies on and off again. He was able to ring with no further issues. So, just before we do move on, just a big congratulations to Tim English and Alex McKenzie, coach of Tim English, for winning the inaugural uh, Cholman Medal. Uh, any surprises there, Jr? No, I, don't, I think. Um, yeah, if you had. Oh God, I don't even remember the top three. I'm still thinking about round 18. But um, yeah, if you had what, English, Dacos and Taranto in, in some, that was the top three. Well, I think that is probably what you would have predicted. Yeah, no, congrats to Tim. All right, let's launch into these last few rounds. We're going to skip over basically rounds, what, like <laughs> eight to 19 and head straight to the uh, meaty point of the season. So we are going to start with the last home and away round, round 20. Um, we're not going to go into such in-depth, uh, I guess, analysis of each game, the high-quality analysis that you're used to. So I do apologise, but we have quite a bit to work through. Uh, just recapping the scores from that round. Uh, Revolving Doors, 16-33 defeat. Wooden Spooners, 14-85. Uh, yourself, JR, on one. Heater, just to end the year, 16-61 defeat the Mad Jacks. Almost, almost, almost ruining their season, but... Uh, Obviously, they had something to say about that. 1553. <laughs> DVTT's 1487 defeat. Slippery Licorice, 1451. 
Gina Grinehart limping their way into finals after a really strong four wins in the trot prior to that, 13-77, defeated by Censored, 15-72. Rainier Parade, 14-91, lose to Mighty Torp and Kick in Danger. It's also very resurgent towards the back end of the year, 15-76. The rebrand did work. Uh, Collie Wobbles. (laughs) Collie Wobbles. Rebrand, rebrand. (laughs) Collie Wobbles, 12-62. That is... That went under. Oh. <laughs> might have to have a look at that game. That went under the radar. Uh, <laughs> lose to Keefe's fifteen twenty. <laughs> Did you say twelve sixty two? I've lost it. What's happened here? I'm gonna have to go have a look at that game. Uh, basics fifteen eleven. Lose. Uh, sorry, defeat. Uh, James Hurd immunity fourteen fifty seven. And last game of the round, Sneaky Jellyfishes thirteen eighty five. Limp their way into finals fifteen twenty nine. For a recap, like ladder positions, I need to go into that. <laughs> Wobbles can't work out what happened. <laughs> All right, so I'm looking here. Jeez. Uh, okay, so to start with, he had a bit of bad luck. He's got Lance Franklin eight points and then went off for an injury. This is his. Are we sure he went off for an injury, or that he, he, that was just how he played? No, that was uh, that was R.I.P. Buddy at that moment. That was uh, we lost him to <laughs> retirement after that. This is Bradley Williams' forward line scores for the week. So a very nice uh, Darcy Fogarty showdown 94 uh, points there. (laughs) Sam Valpepper 33, Todd Marshall 48, Lance Franklin 8, and Dylan Williams 27. So if I'm doing my math correctly, hang on, 35, or that'd be 68. Uh, so all four players combined scored 116 points in his forward line. But wait, there's more. Um, Tom DeConing. And when we said we wouldn't be going in depth on these games, that was before we saw a 1262 and needed to find out what happened. Tom DeConing, 34, and then just a bunch of 50s and 60s across the board. So, um, yeah, that's that's not good. <laughs> Let's say that. I will say this. Keefe's also had Zach Jones on a, on five points and still managed to score over 1,500. So, um, look, when it's not the Wobbles year, it's not the Wobbles year. <laughs> Interestingly, that race for eighth position could have been absolutely <laughs> anyone's in that round. So heading into the round, <laughs> Stinky Jellyfish is held eighth and they were being chased by Echo, Norman and B-Will. So any one of those four, if they had won and a result or two went the other way, then they could have made it. In fact, uh, Bradley Williams was the only one who needed all three of them to lose and him to win for it to take place. And it happened... <laughs> And not one of them won, including <laughs> including Adam Schmidt, who limped his way into finals. Would you say uh, we've got a very exciting race for eighth in the AFL uh, coming up this weekend? Would you say that would be probably the worst race, uh, race for a finals position you've ever seen? Oh, well, I, th- I think with with the Bulldogs gunning for it this week, we we could see something pretty similar. Well, I was I was devastated because I was hoping I was going to knock the Mad Jacks out in that last round, and then no one else won. You know when you see, I believe it. You know when you see like horse racing overseas, where like the regulations <laughs> might not be as tight, and you know, and unfortunately, <laughs> like the animals aren't you know taken anywhere near as a. Uh, well, to be honest, they're not taken very carefully, uh, cared for very carefully over here either. But it's definitely a lot worse in some places, and you know the horses just aren't riding right. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like it's just it's just really bad to watch. That's exactly what that race looked like. <laughs> so you would compare it to the night we stayed up watching horse racing at two AM in from Bar Lake Bahrain or wherever it was. 
Yeah, that was when we were on very bad sleep patterns. <laughs> we were. Um, that's when, <laughs> that's when our Sundays consisted of being hungover, midday nap into Nick's barbecue on the lake. Shout out there at Mawson Lakes uh, into watching the F ones till one thirty, and then not being able to sleep till four thirty because we were drinking prime dr- energy drinks. <laughs> you also mentioned forgetting to uh, forgetting to watch Viet supercars in the middle of the afternoon. So. <laughs> Uh, so they got a they got a heavy run there for a while. Going from uh, eight down to one, so Sneaky's make up uh, the last spot in the top eight. Mad Jacks uh, hold on to that finals position by the skin of their teeth, a seventh. Gina Grinehart's Grady, one of the teams that we predicted to bounce back. Oh, we didn't think it'd be to this level. Uh, sixth position, well done, Grady. Spooners back in finals contention, uh, contention five. Uh, then we've got Keefies, who did a remarkable job to keep his team afloat with some awful injury luck throughout the year. Made the top four, fourth. Uh, Alex on the back of the Cholman medalist. Uh, Tim English, third. DVTT's second. Interestingly, could have fell out the top four altogether, depending on results in that round. Uh, and then, probably surprisingly to myself, <laughs> top of the ladder, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alan... <laughs> You've been waiting a while to get that one in. Well, I didn't think my team was any good, and then it just kept winning. <laughs> <laughs> I think like, I, I rode some really it's like, like, it's, a bit, it's a bit like Port Adelaide this year. <laughs> <laughs> I think I rode some lucky patches in the middle of the year with some like fluky-ass wins, which obviously helped out, and then managed to hold a few players, and then all of a sudden my team became okay. So, uh, well, look, th- there it is. There's your top eight. I'm not even going to bother reading out the final positions um, for the last uh, remaining team builder. I will say uh, Dyslexia Untied, Adam Leach, gets the uh, shameful, shameful honour of the Telp Spoon <laughs> for 2023. Although with, <laughs> with uh, I would say, you could correct me if I'm wrong, just judging by general vibe, uh, six wins. Would you say that's the highest win total for a wooden spooner? Well, I know Telf went zero as he didn't <laughs> look at his team after about the first pick of the draft. So he went zero. Um, but Grady was two last year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say six would be, would be the highest. Cause I would say most people normally probably up until the last two years kind of give up if you're on that kind of trajectory. So I think you'd have to have to give Leachy credit. He fought right to the end and yeah, got some wins on the board. Cause there was a zero and sort of zero and double figures kind of situation at one point, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was zero, zero and eight or zero and nine or oh, possibly more. He might have got to double figures, yeah. like zero and ten. That's actually very impressive yeah. for, for Leachy. Nice little bounce back for him and uh, knocking off some uh, relatively well established quadruple AFL teams, including uh, James Hurd Immunity along the way. So well done to you, Leachy. But also uh, hang your head in shame because nobody wants that. <laughs> that <honor. laughs> Um, just one last comment on the ladder. Oh, I'd say, would you rather win the Telspoon or the Pleb Flag? What What's more shameful? Um, well, the <laughs> the Pleb Flag is um, like to the point we're not going to discuss it. Like it is what it is. I might you know give a shout out to the grand final here, but we are not going to go in any sort of you know discussion point around the Pleb Flag. It, I don't know. I feel like you'd have to have a terrible, terrible season to finish bottom <laughs> as someone who has never finished there. So <laughs> I still say that's probably worse, but not by much. What would you rather? I reckon I'd almost rather the, oh, I mean, I guess the pleb flag, as long as you win it and you don't like mention it ever again, I feel like it's probably better. But I mean, the pleb finals, it, it's good that you mentioned that we're not going to touch on those because essentially they are like 
the off season. Do you remember that off season exhibition match that they had in London, where everyone just like punched each other in the head, <laughs> yeah. and then and then got and then got on the piss for two weeks? Like that is essentially what the pleb flag is. So, um, or the pleb finals is. So uh, there's no need to discuss it beyond what we have. Uh, all right, let's launch into finals. Week one, we have two qualifying finals and two elimination finals to talk about. Uh, start at the top. My game, I lose by. 58 points to Keefies who booked their way to the prelim. I tell you what, if we just go game by game, <laughs> I needed some uh, <laughs> I needed some support at that stage. <laughs> You're like thinking nothing but straight sets at that point. I won't lie. We have previously, just a little fun fact for everybody in the pod, I've made uh, finals, I think, four out of the five years. Something like that. And I have won. <laughs> one finals game in that entire time. So at this point when I'd lost the first one to Keefies, I'm in panic stations. As you can imagine, all the side group chats were very, very kind and polite to me and very um, very understanding of the situation. So thank you to everybody for helping me along uh, that way. But uh, it, it wasn't a nice time uh, to be in the uh, evans Bikursky household, let's say that. Um <laughs> Qualifying final number two, DVTTs with a monster, well, pretty close to a monster score. I'd say 1700s a monster, but 1681 defeat uh, Censored, who lost a couple of players in that game and was basically packing their bags the following week, regardless. Uh, 1497. I would say the league at this point was a little concerned uh, with a nice score from <laughs> DVTTs and an automatic spot in the prelim. What would you say to that? Yeah, I think I think there was there was significant concern around that. I think. Well, having having been crowned April premiers, um, no one no one wanted him to do the double. So um, <laughs> it, was, it was yeah, it was a highly concerning moment. I I thought that he was he was on for a flag at this point. Um, wooden spooners elimination final fourteen thirty eight. <laughs> we have another twelve hundred score. <laughs> Oh, defeat the sneaky jellyfish is 1288. This was only like three weeks ago and I've forgotten all of this. Uh, that is an absolutely fitting result for that bottom four of the top eight that were in no way any better than anyone else through the rest of the ladder. Um, that is putrid. Just like a quick scan. He obviously had Hopper go down early, um, Schmidt, which wasn't great, but uh, not one of his defenders cracked 70. Um, in fact, apart from a few good midfielders scoring well, uh, only three other players in his whole team cracked 70 for that round. So <laughs> oh, that's, God. um, that's less than ideal. So, uh, look, <laughs> probably given the fact that, uh, he didn't really want to be there as, uh, evidenced by his, uh, previous week trying to fall out of the eight <laughs> to try and become the three time play flag winner. Uh, Schmidt, uh, bows out. He is eliminated by a wooden spoon. who so I think deserved to win a final at this stage, um, was hanging around like a bad smell for the, well, for a lot of the year. Did they, did they deserve to win a final? Spooners. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Well, okay. I mean, if you have a look at their scoring over the second half of the year, they actually ended up being quite competitive with everybody else. They just okay. They, I, 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 I'd well and truly tuned out by this point. So, <laughs> any, any, any assessment I make could be completely factually wrong. Should I be doing this podcast with like anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, but I, uh, I'll be taking a loan for the podcast equipment from them. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I do. I do think he deserves to win at least one final there. Okay. Spooners, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. Uh, and then the last elimination final. Oh, 
heartbreaking, absolute heartbreaking <laughs> for the Gina Grindhearts, the uh, league sweethearts, uh, until he started complaining a lot about his players. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gina Grindhearts, 1480, lose to Magic Mike, 1491. This was the um, uh, Jasper Fletcher game, <laughs> as we'll come to call it. <laughs> Would you say the Magics deserve to win a final? No. <laughs> Magic- <laughs> I, think- <laughs> I think at one stage, Jono wrote in the group something like, <laughs> is this over yet? <laughs> well, I think he'd lost four in a row and then never moved like ladder position. I think he was just like stayed there the whole time, despite the fact he hadn't won for a month. Um, the Jasper Fletcher game, because there was one player remaining in the last game of the round, which was Jasper Fletcher, uh, who was absolutely a sub risk and required, I think, eight points in the second half. And I don't know, all eyes were on it. I know that the grind hearts were crossing fingers and toes, but it wasn't to be. But to the two eliminated teams, Schmidt, I will say this, your um, draft strategy at the beginning of the year um, is probably going to uh, come into question and probably won't be replicated over the next few, <laughs> few years. Um, but I will say quite a competitive team. Um, I think Schmidt used the term death by a thousand cuts uh, with his team with lots of those middle picks. And um, that is true. He did kill himself with a thousand cuts. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe in our petitioning to uh, change the sort of the, you know, the saying itself, you know, <laughs> Death by a thousand seventies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the last message I have from Schmidt, or one of the last messages that we spoke about was something like Bailey Smith, never again. So um, <laughs> good to see him learning from uh, the mistakes from this year. And also to the grind hearts. Well done. What a bounce back season. I think anyone who goes from two wins and bottom of the ladder to finals and almost making a semi-final. And I think... If I have my math correct, uh, JR, he could actually be in a grand final if he had won that game, just based on his team scoring over the next couple of weeks. So, interesting. Yeah, interesting. just the joys of fantasy. Um, so that was yeah. finals week one, and there was also a pleb series on, but, you know, whatever. All right, semifinals two weeks ago. Revolving doors, 16-27. Thank fuck defeat. 15-19 <laughs> wooden spooners. <laughs> um, what can I say about this? I... Lost the plot. Uh, I've lost the plot uh, that game, and I lost the plot last week as well. Um, but uh, ended up winning. I was a little fortunate with Rioli going down uh, hurt and coming back and just not being the same, but I think it wouldn't have mattered in the end anyway unless you managed to gain 108 points from somewhere. Spooners pushed me all the way, 15-19. You have to obviously score reasonably well to beat that. Um, can I just say a massive major shout-out, and I, this is a little sneak peek for everybody when my exit presser comes at the end of the week, to Jack Viney, um, who scored 144 points, and not the second time, uh, sorry, not the first time, and maybe not even be the second time, maybe be the third time he scored a 140-plus score for me this year. He is he, he's a bad, bad man. Let's just say that. He is uh, somebody who... I tried to trade to everybody at some point this year and uh, he has basically more or less got me into a prelim final there. So well done to Jack Viney. Well done to the Spooners as well. Like, let's be honest, I think everybody sort of wrote them off um, towards the first half of the year, even when they were winning and not scoring well. And to make the semi-final, I think it's, uh, it's a reasonable effort. Do you have um, any positive things to say about Jared Presbury? Like, not his team as a person. 
Oh, I think I think his brother kicked a winning goal for Central um, <laughs> on the weekend. So, <laughs> well, I could, I, yeah, that, that's pretty positive. So, so Jared, well done on your brother. <laughs> <laughs> Last semi-final of the round, censored FFC fourteen eighteen. The pain finally stops. Lose to believe it or not, guess who? Mad Jack Mike fourteen seventy two, weaseling his way to another. Oh. Preliminary it, final. It, it, it just makes you sick. It makes you sick. Like it's just incredibly unjust. But what a weird season for censored FC. Bizarre. Well, he started hot, like what seven and yeah. zero, or maybe even eight. I can't remember. Yeah. What it was eight and zero, and he looked kind yeah, of unstoppable. Six to eight. Yeah. Um, and it was. I'm, go- I'm going to be completely honest. It's on the back of one player, and that is the Cholmer medalist, <laughs> to the point where the arrogance was oozing off of the uh, censored FFC with um, setting your captain before your vice captain featuring heavily throughout the <laughs> pizzas being sent and so on. I was going to say the uh, the pizzas and the fruit baskets really ground to a halt through the middle of the year. <laughs> and there's a few times where people actually gave him his address and he refused to send the pizzas. So, <laughs> look, it could be karma, to be honest with you. Well, I, I, I think I didn't eat one Sunday night because I thought I was getting a pizza. <laughs> and then it never rocked up. I reckon I, I reckon I just had like toast for dinner because the pizza never came. So look, it was as much as I didn't like to see Magic Mike, you know, fall in undeservedly once again, on, on the basis of not getting the pizza, I, I would almost argue that uh, Censored ended up with exactly what they deserved. I think the blueprint for Alex to be consistently competitive is there, by the way, and that is to try and just draft the best possible player in the, in the league and, <laughs> and not worry about anything else because uh, like, as much as we love you, Alex, um, engagement wasn't at an all-time high this year. He had a very busy uh, off-season and you know other things to attend to. So I think, yeah, if you could just weasel your way into the top three pick and just get it right, I think you'll be fine next year. Well, I'd probably push back on that a little bit. I mean, the engagement wasn't consistent. <laughs> But uh, as uh, as was tradition, when the engagement came, it came in a flurry, like a barrage of a barrage of messages. So, I think it's yeah, I think there's enough to work with there. Can I ask you a question? Just I'm looking at Jono's form line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you remember what date he went to Europe? I know it was it was after the Crows blew that GWS game, whenever that was. So uh, that was the last game. So he went on the 16th of July. So, having a look here, Jono left for Europe in round 19 uh, of the quadruple AFL season. And if I have a look at his <laughs> form line since round 19, so I'm going to go to round 23 here. Jono went, <laughs> he went winless until, until it mattered when he had to make a prelim final and then <laughs> stumbled over the line. <laughs> that is, Don't go to Europe. I think that's the biggest takeaway, unless you're Grady and can somehow like you know, scrounge out some wins. Don't go to Europe in the middle of a fantasy season. No, and um, having seen some of the videos from that trip to Europe that uh, that Jono took, I'm not surprised that his fancy form absolutely went off the cliff. We'll we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Let's move on. Prelim finals last week. What a just awful time. Like fantasy's not fun at this point. It's just stressful and. It was always going to be stressful with um, an opponent in DVTT's Regan. I would say 
you can correct me if I'm wrong because I think you might think yourself and Jono may have something going on, but I would say we're probably at the point where Regan and I may have the most vitriolic uh, rivalry in the league. Would you say that's probably a fair statement? Uh, the only other one I would put up there is Jono and uh, Lockie. I think um, Jono and I have a thing, but I think it's it's more or less pretty good-natured. Uh, I, I would say that uh, Lockie and Jono's rivalry is a genuine hatred. Is that how you would describe your your rivalry rivalry with Regan? Well, it's hard to hate people you beat so often. Like it's it's, it's borderline pity <laughs> like at this point. It's a, it's a bit of like West Coast Fremantle about it, isn't it? Like just a just a three decade worth of just rubbing his nose in the dirt. <laughs> um. <laughs> DVTT's 15.64 with the week off lose to Revolving Doors 15.68. Four fantasy points in it. And I <laughs> genuinely embarrassed myself in the last 10 minutes of that Port Adelaide Fremantle <laughs> game and I don't care. I was looking for... And I'm still looking for these points to be added on for a Rosie. Uh, I, I'm assuming it's two spoils because they counted one of the tackles. But um, look, whatever. We still won in the end. It didn't matter. It didn't uh, affect the result. But DVTTs, they have made a grand final previously. Made a couple prelims now and haven't gotten over the line. Um, they would be extremely disappointed with themselves. Where do you think he's going to hang the... Um or trophy or shield or whatever you get for the April premiership. Right next to the flowers I sent him. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Alicia for that. That was a very good idea. I said to Alicia on Sunday night, oh, I've got so many memes to make. <laughs> she, she said, why don't you do this? I was like, oh, great idea. Did you did you think about like sending him an actual live rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> like in a little, like, little hutch or something that... <laughs> <laughs> With like a little name tag on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, it says Regan. No, no, I didn't. But um, look, there's always 2024. <laughs> Reflection points from me. Very extremely uh, happy to be in a grand final to the point where it's going to piss off everybody in the room. But I actually don't care, especially with who my opponent is of what happens. I, I obviously want to win. That'll be nice. But like, fuck me. I just wanted to not lose to Regan, I think. <laughs> my, my only concern about this is there is a bit of... Uh bit of Adelaide versus Geelong prelim potential with you. Like you may have played the grand final oh, a week too yeah. early. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a parade and everything. <laughs> yeah. It is like, it is party time down at revolving doors. I don't even know how we're going to field like 23 this week <laughs> or 22, whatever we got. Well, I did see a couple of your players, uh, Taking a swim with Echo in the back of that, uh, <laughs> back of that press conference. So one of the better um, exit presses I've seen. <laughs> I, I don't know how you're going to get them back from the uh, cartoon Maldives, but you know, <laughs> you're going to have to, uh, yeah, wrangle wrangle something. Uh, well, good to be here. Glad to be participating in AFL uh, or Quadruple AFL Grand Final Week against the mighty and now very formidable opponent in uh, Keefe's. Jake D. Nashenden, fourteen sixty eight defeat and put another prelim nail in his coffin. <laughs> Mad Jack Mike, fourteen sixty one seven points in it. Jr. Your your initial thoughts on this game, please. Look, I think it was a, a deserved result. Uh, probably not the score you you would expect from a prelim, but um, yeah, I think it was it was the right result in the end. Yeah, yeah, I don't really have much to say <laughs> to be honest. It's, yeah, yeah. I, you know, close one and. You've lived with Jono for a number of years now and 
I think you were, yeah, you definitely were living with him when he has gone through quite a few prelim heart, <laughs> heartbreaking <laughs> moments. What do you think that a fourth in a row would have done to this man? Well, I mean, he he did try and give off the appearance of, you know, caring very little and oh, I'm happy to be here. You know, my team's not that good this year, um, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I think it would have hurt him maybe more than any of the others, to be honest. Like, I think by the time you get to four in a row, like even if your team's bad and the fact that it was close, like, and I think he would have, he would have definitely let himself think like, wow, I've, I've got a chance. Do you see the parallels between Jono and Ken Hinckley? Oh, 100%, 100%. And I, and I think that uh, the uh, stack, uh, sack Michael Johnson thread on, uh, on Bigfooty is probably, yeah, equally on about a ninth, uh, ninth edition by this point with, with, you know, I would say their fans would be dispirited at this point. I, I would say they would be questioning, you know, is this the man to take us to the Holy Grail that we have so long been teased for? And I, and I think that's a valid question. Uh, Keefe's need to touch on him. What an effort by him. He has lost primo after primo this year and has just kept his head afloat with very good drafting, some crafty trading as well. And, I would say this is uh, might be a controversial opinion to some people, but go back through his free agent pickups. He could be the number one free agent picker-upper, if you uh, want to excuse that term, in the entire league to the point where like I played him a couple of weeks ago and he like brought in Zach Fisher. And I was like, okay, I'm like, <laughs> bring in Zach Fisher, that's fine. No, it was halfback Zach Fisher, which I didn't realise. <laughs> like, we're just dropping tons <laughs> for fun since then. So, like, he's, um, yeah, he's a very well-deserved uh, premiership player. Can I ask what Zach Fisher scored in the prelim final? Just going for him. He scored 103 points. That is wildly funny because uh, Jono would regard himself as uh, the Zach Fisher whisperer, um, a bit of a Captain Carlton, if you will, himself. And uh, that would have absolutely burnt him that it was Zach Fisher ending his season. Do you want to know something else? I don't know if Jono's worked this out yet, but he, when he listens to this podcast, he's going to find out. Uh, the the final margin in his, in his game was seven points. And on the Saturday morning, I convinced him to trade <laughs> Sam Draper for he, Liam Stocker <laughs> um, because uh, he didn't want to take uh, Billy Frampton's 54 in the ruck. So he gained four points, but lost about 20. And that would have been enough to send him to the grand final. He is well aware. And it was mentioned multiple times. That, uh, I don't know what to say. I'm not sorry, but like, <laughs> sorry, Jonas. You know, well, that's what it takes at this point of the year, doesn't it? You can't make any mistakes, no mistakes, or you're done. And he's done. And that was the last couple rounds of the 2023 quadruple AFL season. We're going to come back with about a five-minute preview of the grand final, and we are done for the return podcast. Welcome back. Let's talk 2023 grand final. Just a bit of a general um, preview for you. Uh, Keefies, they are lining up for their... Second grand final appearance. I have won one flag previously. He made a prelim or two, I believe. I could be wrong there, Keefe, so I apologize. Uh, revolving doors have never been this deep into August. In fact, they uh, last week were in uncharted territory, and now they don't know what to do with themselves that they are here in the final week. Um, let's talk about the uh, team. So 
the teams have been relatively consistent over the last sort of, you know, four to six weeks with both Keefies and Doors. Not a lot of trades happening, but uh, there are some force changes this week. I've had to drop the uh, corpse of Jack McRae um, as he has uh, delayed concussion slash drop slash whatever you want to call it. Look, couple queries around Will Day, but hopefully he does get up. Other than that, I'm looking okay from my team last week. Um, Keefies, there are a few issues. Um, Luke Davies Uniac has decided to go surfing and <laughs> obliterate his toe, which uh, probably isn't ideal at this time of the year. Um, do you have any thoughts on Luke Davies Uniac uh, surfing when he should be playing football? Well, look, I, I don't even think he's injured in a surfing accident. I think that having fallen into uh, pick one, they are in no mood to let that opportunity slip down at North Melbourne. And someone has, yeah, I would say done some intentional damage to his foot rather than a surfing accident. So that is very unfortunate for uh, the Keefs. It's going to be interesting because in, oh, what's that, about four hours from now, teams will be dropping. So this podcast probably come out after teams. But um, Keefies have got four players in there that if they play, like all of a sudden, I think, any sort of favoritism that might be my way because of the lack of outs may change. Like Matthew Kennedy, he's just picked up randomly. Um, who else has he got? Sorry. Uh, LDU is currently sitting there. Don't know if he'll play. We'll see how we go. Cam Guthrie is there um, on the bench. I don't know if he'll play either, but we'll see how we go. And also Justin McInerney. So he's got some potential good ins, but yeah, you don't really know at this point. Um, so looking at, I guess, the last few scores, JR, looking at the potential ins, potential outs for the teams. I'm going to throw to you for your tip for the 2023 quadruple AFL grand final. Uh, I will be tipping yourself uh, the doors to uh, to get up. Um, just too much uncertainty with some of the outs for uh, for the Keefs, but uh, I think your team looks a little more settled. But you know he's somehow found a way this year, and I think uh, he'll at least find a way to make it close. But uh, I'm going with yourself to uh, join the chat of champions. If it did exist, which it doesn't. <laughs> the thing is, I can't even talk to Keefies about, oh, does it exist or not? And, you know, can you find out if you do win? Because he's already in there or he isn't in there, depending <laughs> on which way you want to look at it. So, uh, look, I hope to join or not join that group chat very, very shortly. <laughs> um, I've, gone, I've come this way. I'm going to have to obviously back myself in and tip myself, but he's only beaten me a few weeks ago. You never know. I think this is... Like, depending on who comes in, it could be a genuine 50-50. I think it's going to be a really good grand final. I think this is probably, like I mentioned in the group chat, may possibly be the friendliest grand final we've had in a long time. <laughs> like, I can't really remember, <laughs> like, both teams sort of going, oh, it's nice if, you know, I win, but the other one's okay as well. <laughs> like, think about <laughs> last year it was Norman and Echo and the general, like, vibe of the whole league was, I hope nobody wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But more so, I hope Norman doesn't win. Norman won. Previous year was Keefe's again, but versus Stasi, and it was everybody just praying that uh, <laughs> Keefe's got up. Uh, and then the previous year was uh, Stasi and Regan. So once again, uh, <laughs> we, oh God. like nobody wanting to win. So I'd say this is a nice change of pace. Exactly what the league needs right now. Just a nice casual grand final. I'm thinking like, you know, pre-game entertainment would be someone really calm. Like, you know, I don't know, like, like John Butler trio or something like that. Like, we're not going to get too angry or... <laughs> I thought you were going to say John, like playing a bit of Riptide on the guitar. But... Yeah, that's what I mean. It's John, it's his butler, and there's three others as well. 
Has anyone heard from John recently? Like, I am concerned. Maybe. Well, I haven't made the podcast in a while, so I have to make sure all, all like, the, you know, pre, um, sorry, all the um, theme song and everything else that we have there, the files are actually attached. But if not, I might get John to quickly send me, like, him playing Riptide, and that could be the, the opening to the pod. Um, and just to confirm, we're going to say he has categorically failed his... Uh, a performance management plan, right? Uh, let's save that for quadruple <laughs> AFL summer series uh, where we will go uh, a deep dive review of each of the teams and hopefully get the coaches on <laughs> to explain themselves because I'm... <laughs> yeah. We're talking potential expansion in the quadruple AFL. I have uh, two people who I know will absolutely contribute to the league, but let's just say <laughs> there may not be need for expansion at this point. <laughs> um, look... <laughs> What a year. We're not wrapping up completely because I think we might even try to do this a, a couple more times to review the grand final and also um, maybe, yeah, review some uh, teams in depth uh, and we'll call it quadruple AFL. Uh, I don't know what you would call it, who's on him, summer series, but great year overall. I think uh, league engagement is very high. A little bit too toxic for my liking. Um, I hope we can uh, go back and have <laughs> a bit more fun next year, but, um, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. Which which absolutely won't happen. Like, that is absolutely... It's going to get more toxic every year as the stakes get higher. And for people that haven't won it, like, they're going to get more and more tetchy, particularly if they're in with a chance of winning it. And there is no way that it's going to get any less toxic next year. I know exactly what we can do. We can, so if we do want to come back next week, we can review the grand final, but that will be very dependent on the result. I reckon. Um, <laughs> and then we can, um, as the votes come in, uh, depending on what happens in the presentation, like review the uh, award winners for 2023 and um, yeah, go into that deep dive for the other teams. Well, and the good thing, um, just projecting forward a little bit more, is looking forward to the uh, quadruple AFL uh, Summer Series podcast. There is a riveting summer of cricket coming up that I'm sure everyone will be <laughs> falling over themselves to uh, listen to. Uh, you will have uh, David Warner's farewell. Uh, we'll have the uh, the continued demise of the West Indies. It's 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 going to be interest is going to be at an all time high. And uh, I mean Adelaide United very uh, heavy to get a run. I heard you've uh, you've acquired yourself membership for this year, so oh, I'm very you'll be, uh, very you'll excited. Be along. Very excited just to uh, you know just bask in all these summer sports that. Like I think about, it, they're really bad, aren't they? We've got a, an, oh. we've got an absolute lull coming up. I I think it's why you know a massive part of why I was so sad about the Crows getting cheated on Saturday night was looking forward to like this summer is just fucked for like having anything of interest sports wise to watch. Like I don't know, like I'm not going to spend my weekends doing anything fun. <laughs> Oh, I, didn't, I didn't want the season to end. I just realized one other thing we can do. Sorry, we're, we're live like brainstorming ideas for do, to do on the pod over <laughs> summer. Um, there is a, a very high potential. In fact, I know some people are already training for it, that the quadruple AFL will enter a team into AFL 7s at uh, AFL Max. Um, and I uh, can only imagine that there will be a, a round review and a game review <laughs> inside the pod uh, critiquing the players' performances. <laughs> And there'll be there'll be no positive uh, positive mention of any player performances in the AFL sevens. It will be criticism unlike anything you've ever seen before. Well, that is it. Uh, good luck to Keefe's. Good luck to myself for the grand final. And also, there is a pleb grand final on at the same time. If you would like to see the results of that, please contact those people individually. Um, <laughs>
but they may not have servers where it's being played in the uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. So you may have to wait until they've made their way back uh, to uh, Australian shores. JR, thank you for your time. We appreciate it as always. Good to be back, I say that. Great to be back. Yeah, excellent to be back. Uh, can't wait for the summer series. Um, good luck to yourself. Good luck to Keepies. Uh, may, the, uh, may the best man win. Bonus content. Time for Life of a Wife. Uh, welcome to Alicia Bikursky. How are you? Good, thanks. I've been caught very off guard by this. I've dragged you up here from downstairs because I have a question for you. Um, and that is, why didn't you believe in me? Uh, around three months ago, uh, you said that uh, I won't be making a grand final. And, uh, you know, my team's at very... In fact, uh, at one point throughout the year, you said, why does your team suck um, while sitting top of the ladder? So um, I am here today in a grand final and I just want to know why I don't have the love and support from my wife. I've said it once and I'll say it again. You're not very good at fantasy. <laughs> then how am I in a grand final? T- talk to me. I think being the commissioner, you've somehow rigged the system to go in your favour. And I think that's the only possible explanation. It can't be anything else. So you're saying that last week, uh, Regan would have beaten me fair and square if if I didn't rig the competition. I think that last week, Regan was preoccupied by his own insecurities of the uh, amazing... Uh, performance of the Matildas that anyone could have beaten him. So, no, I'm not saying that. Oh, no. (laughs) No, I've got you up here because it is grand final week and we've gotten your prediction throughout the year as to, you know, who's going to win what game and it's now the biggest game of them all. Uh, You need to tip either your loving husband or your second favourite person in the league besides B-Will and that is Jake Dean Ashenden. Who is your tip and why? If I say you, do I get a 50% cut of the prize money? To, like, pay off your current debts or...? I just need another one of those jumpers. <laughs> <laughs> Make the tip so we can get off. Hurry up. Keepies. Oh, fuck! <laughs>